Hey folks, thank you so much for listening to Coffee Break with Miss Debbie. Just a quick little plug in that this is a great time for you to subscribe or to share this podcast with your friends because I personally am a big fan of no commercial listening. I'm a person who loves to listen to podcasts, but I get a little impatient. When I'm out walking, I'm really into the subject matter, I'm resonating with what they're saying, and all of a sudden music starts, and here comes a commercial because I am not in the mood to buy blue blocking glasses or face cream or incontinence underwear at that moment. I just want to know what the speaker is going to be talking about. So enjoy commercial-free listening, Coffee Break with Miss Debbie, which is only sponsored by Coffee Break with Miss Debbie. This is the last of three segments in a bridging category. I see bridging as connecting, networking, relationship building, and all of which I would consider to be healthy and beneficial under most circumstances. I do publish from time to time material in regards to cutting ties and ending relationships when called for, but the bridging series is about peacemaking. Matthew 5.9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. I want to mention that in this segment, there's going to be a couple sections when there's some unusual background noise. Um, I was at the airport, and I just decided not to re-record or not edit that stuff out. My husband and I were returning from um, visiting our daughter over spring break in Phoenix, and he needed to travel back. And me being anxious about maybe missing a flight or being late, I just decided to stay in the airport. So I was there for 11 hours. I got some reading done. I met a few friends, but I did some recording while I was sitting there. I am definitely an observer of people, situations. I love to go into stores and just look at product. I'm not sure why it interests me so much, but I could go into stores all day long and just look at product and not even spend any money. But I also just gather what I hope is wisdom or little object lessons that I connect to what I feel like God might be saying to me. I think that God does speak in, in symbolism. He definitely speaks through his word, and that's where we can get great wisdom. But God is so creative. He is an artist, just like we are. Actually, that's why we're artists, because we're made reflect his image here on the earth. So being creative is God's heart. It shows part of his personality. So in his creativity, he can speak to us through anything he wants to. So back to the idea that, do I have a shopping addiction? I don't really know. I think you actually have to make purchases in order to be a verified addictive shopper. But I do like to go into stores and look around and kind of treasure hunt and get ideas. I was sitting in a quiet area by the airport. Again, 11 hours is a long time, so I got a lot done. There was a gentleman not far away from me who got on the phone and luckily, he wasn't on speakerphone with the other person, so I didn't hear the entire conversation. But he was loudly retelling his awful experience on a flight just now. My suspicion is that he has not flown since before the pandemic. He had some really colorful language. Who knows? We can all do crazy things under stress. But he was just cussing away and yelling and retelling 
the awful way that he had just been treated on the flight. Well, I'm pretty sure he did not read his guidelines of how you're supposed to be preparing and where you put your luggage and that kind of thing, specifically in COVID season. And my heart went out. I actually wanted to go over and maybe sit down beside him and start chatting and help calm him down. Sometimes when you see someone so escalated, you'd love to go and help bring peace. But we have to exercise wisdom because our heart might be in the right place that we want to um, bring calm and peace to someone, but it actually makes it worse for them. They really need to have that time to boil and to cool down. So there's a practical example for you of talking about bridging and being a peacemaker. But our earliest reaction is to want to go and hug somebody or whisper to them or Shh, let's calm down. We're in a public place. We have to exercise wisdom because every person is different. Every reaction is different. Every situation is different. We need the guidance and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit's counsel to know what to do in the right time with the right person. So this gentleman was so stirred up that I think he just needed to be on the phone with his friend or his wife or whoever he was talking to and vent. And that person just needed to listen. And it seemed that kindly, that's exactly what they were doing. But he was pacing and he was tossing his luggage from side to side and just ranting. Did those of us that were sitting in the lounge area of the airport need to hear that? Probably not. But again, me being an observer, I actually kind of enjoyed it. The practical nugget that I got out of observing that was listening. I've done many podcasts when I talked to you guys about just slow down, stop talking so much. Don't get on your phone and start texting everything that comes into your brain and making it public. Just listen. So kindly, the person that was on the other side of that phone call was obviously listening. They probably couldn't have gotten a word in edgewise if they wanted to because he just needed to talk. Hopefully, by the time he got all those words out, he was able to just catch his breath, sit down, maybe do some slow breathing. I don't know if he's the type that would sit down and pray and listen to Jesus, but I found myself praying for him. And Oh, Lord, just minister to him. Just calm him down. Help him to just feel peace in his heart. He thought he was being treated badly that he was being asked to abide by the rules and to calm down on the airplane. So here in our third segment on bridging, let's consider peacemaking, listening, and as we breathe, let the breath of God come in. Let the impatient, arrogant thoughts go out and hopefully stay out, never to return. If I'm trying to build a bridge with somebody nobody wants advice from a person who's not practicing that bit of advice on their own. So if I'm the type that's ranting and pacing back and forth and throwing my luggage side to side in the airport, then I'm probably not in a position to encourage my friend to sit down and pray and quiet themselves and process. Listening, peacemaking, and as that trust, friendship, bridge is built, and the light will turn on for them as I walk in the direction of put my eyes on Jesus, focus on what he's saying to me, and walk in that direction, and hopefully be able to hold hands with my sister or brother, and they'll be willing to follow, then walk beside me, possibly eventually become the leader. They might start spiritually running in a new direction, and I'll be chasing after them. I think one of the best ways for us to bridge or make friends is to not eat conspiracy meat. In fact, don't even look at it. 
just ignore it. In more bridging, please, which was bridging um, episode two, I discussed different things that I noticed people disagreeing about these days, and even specifically in Christian circles, where we're supposed to be linking arms with each other and getting along better than anybody else. But we are finding different strange discussions regarding masking, regarding business guidelines, vaccinations, just all the controversial stuff that you hear in the news. It wasn't getting any better in friendship circles. So what is conspiracy meet? Well, it's satire. I made up the term. In a couple of earlier podcasts, I was likening today's culture to the time period when the Apostle Paul was saying, do not eat meat that's been sacrificed to idols. And he wasn't saying it because it was poison or anything like that. He was acknowledging that he knows there's no power in the idols, and we know there's no power in an idol. We know there's nothing wrong with the meat, but because we don't want to have younger people or um, less sensitive people getting confused, misunderstanding, maybe being offended, don't go to parties where they're eating meat that's been sacrificed to idols or just don't eat it. So this term conspiracy meat that I made up, if I'm going to liken today's culture to that culture, some of the things you can pull up on YouTube or hear some kind of the really, really, really far extreme conservative people talking about reasons why you shouldn't vax or reasons why you shouldn't wear a mask or reasons why we should gather when the governor says not to gather, and all these things that, to me, those are peripheral issues, but we're making it into something bigger than it needs to be. But there's conspiracy. If you really listen, they'll come up with a far-fetched reason to believe, even though we say, well, it's a conspiracy, but they believe it. They believe it to be true. And early on, when a person who was little, just questioning for herself, she'd been getting sent some YouTube videos and having other friends or relatives say, hey, you need to avoid this. You should be scared of this. You should not participate in this. And she asked me what I thought of it. And I just shrugged and said, well, even if there is some guy putting the number 666 into the vaccine or if it is the end of the world or whatever they're coming up with, for me, it makes no difference. Because if I've been walking with God all my life, or for someone else, maybe for a few years, if you're really committed to Jesus and you've been trying to follow his precepts all along and worshiping and loving people and making right choices, well, that doesn't change in the middle of a pandemic. That doesn't change even if it is the end of the world. I would still be loving people, trying to make right choices, worshiping God and committing myself to him every single day. These are practices that should be in place for us as believers. Now, if I want to stop and stare at the conspiracy meat and get all worried about what might be in it or who else might be eating it, so when hard times come, we're not thrown off of our game, we just continue on. Then I'm distracted and I'm missing it, and I'm also participating in division, which I do believe that's the root of all this. The enemy wants to bring division and God wants to bring unity. Or what the end result of that would be, how do I make friends? How do I make those bridges strong between myself and those new friends? Well, I'm going to ignore, not participate with conspiracy meat. So back to bridging. I also mentioned in more bridging that Jesus encourages us to be innocent like children. And I said, we can learn so much from children. They don't overthink it. They're not looking for a weird motive behind it. They just accept things at face value for what they are. They believe. So that's going to renew my joy. And it's going to help me to be more fresh in my approach to life. If I just 
and more like a child. So for this week, my keys for bridging is listening, ignoring conspiracy meat, being more childlike and faithful. And I'm gonna add, just smile more often. Just enjoy yourself. People like to be around people who are enjoying themselves. Along with being more childlike, you can also be more puppy-like. And even though, unfortunately, I had to rehome my little baby boy a couple months ago, I had the wonderful experience of nurturing him and training him from a couple weeks old until about 16 months. And um, taking him for a walk was always really fun and also challenging. Being a puppy, he had to smell, see, touch, and bark at everything. He had to take it all in. Curious, curious, wanting to see the whole world. And of course, if any other neighbors had a dog, he had to say hello to them. And not too far away from us, there's a home that I don't know if she's a dog sitter or if she just has a lot of dogs. But on any given day, you'd have up to six dogs running up to the fence and barking. And you almost felt like you didn't walk, you didn't want to walk past that part of the road. When he was tiny, I would actually have to pick him up and carry him in my arms. And it was very cute. He would look straight ahead. And if you could read a dog's mind, it was almost like he was saying, ha ha, I have a mama who's carrying me. I'm in someone's arms and you're not. But as he matured, I was able to walk with him and I would just keep him over to the side of me that was opposite the fence of where all these dogs were barking and stirring up a ruckus. And I would just say, Asher, ignore, Asher, ignore, Asher, ignore. And it only took a couple times of that until I watched him be able to put his nose straight ahead and just keep walking. With all of that chaotic barking and yapping coming from multiple dogs, he could just keep walking and block it out. And even as that was happening, I thought to myself, I could learn something in this. Debbie, ignore, Debbie, ignore, Debbie, ignore. Stay focused in the direction you're going. So again, earlier I mentioned just ignore the conspiracy meat. Be more childlike. Smile more. I would say you can be more puppy-like. Proverbs chapter 25, verses 11 and 12 say this. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver, as an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold, so is a wise reproof upon an obedient ear. I love the Proverbs. I read that book probably more than any other book in the Bible. It's so practical for things we read in history, for things we're experiencing today but also things that we're going to be experiencing in the future. 